Welcome to There Must Be More, a Bethel Ottawa podcast. Remember to like and subscribe on YouTube at Bethel Ottawa and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Welcome back to the podcast. There must be more. And like... Yes, there must be more. There must. Now, this is the podcast where we wrestle through the human experience, which, let me tell you, the human experience. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) But we do that through the truth of scripture. So we dig into, like, topics, discussions, Mm -hmm. what we're going through as humans and peoples, Mm -hmm. and we just see what, you know, scripture can help us Help us work through. Yeah. And talk about. So I don't know what this does for people out there, but, like, maybe it's a little bit like our our, um, counseling or our... Our um, Therapy? Yeah, thank you. There's the word. Our therapy. Thank you for the word. Therapy sesh. Yeah. For us, anyways. For us, anyways. For you listening, who knows? But thanks for listening, if you are. We love you. Absolutely. Love you. We love to talk about uh, our lives first, right? So how are you doing? Doing all right. Yeah? It was a tough week. Tough week for me. And like, I say that... Still all chipper. <laughs> it, it was a very tough week. Yeah, it was a tough um, week for me. My family just like experienced a loss of somebody that we really love. So we're just, I'm like navigating through the grief. grieving process and like plus the shock value of things. I still feel like I'm in a state of shock actually. Mm. Like it hasn't quite hit me. I'll mm. go home to Toronto mm-hmm. to go to the funeral and all the things like that. Um, so I feel like it's not actually quite going to hit me until I'm like, of course, right there yes, with for it. Sure. So, you know, God is good and he's still really, really kind. And so it's kind of interesting to like navigate and I've like navigated through grief before, but this just feels kind of like a different level because I'm older and I have more, um, experience with the Lord. So like mm-hmm. when I first went through a lot of grief, I was only 17 and I lost like two friends that were really close to me. But, um, I didn't really have like the knowledge and the history with God that I had then that I do now. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a different grieving process. Um, but it's just interesting. So, yeah. 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 I can understand that would be interesting. Um, deeper relationship with the Lord, um, all the truths that you know to be true mm. that end up in an essence being put to some kind of test, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is like, oh, thank you for your grace, Lord. Yeah. Um, wow. And and uh, it's kind of interesting that you started it out on that level and because I think that what we're talking about today actually has a lot to do with grief. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, like, definitely. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even... We didn't connect that we until didn't just now. <laughs> connect that <laughs> yeah, till just planning. this moment. Yeah. And so it's like, the uh, to me, the Lord then brought that out yeah. in, in that. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I was sitting there listening to you going, oh, like, we could probably just sit here and have a whole, whole podcast just on grief yeah, now, truly. out of this moment. Yeah. Um, but then also, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, what we're talking about today mm-hmm. has a significant amount of, of grief amount of yeah, grief that definitely. is involved in it yeah um, you're right you're right so maybe let's just get straight into it then sure. right yeah let's talk about what we keep seeing over and over yeah. and over again this is the topic of our uh podcast today yeah um and you'll know as soon as i start naming some names yeah. right yeah so the latest one that i know of yeah uh, mike bickle yep right mm-hmm Hillsong, mm-hmm. Roxy Gavey, yeah, Ravi Zacharias, yeah, Bill Hybels, yeah, Aaron Ivy, a bunch, R- really Dr- just that Driscoll guy who's a whole different level, but oh um, boy, yep, 
So, okay, let's let's go to just me and you on this. Yeah. Is there one that like hit harder than the others? Like, because uh, um, I'd like to hear about your experience with it. Yeah. Um, one that hit hard. Um, definitely like Ravi did. Um, but I feel like the most recent one, like with the Mike Bickle situation really hit me like in a different, it's like these things keep happening. So we keep hearing stories of these prominent leaders who have, um, just kind of been the worst and have been lying and, Mm -hmm. um, some criminal acts and predatory acts. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I think, uh, from like when I hear this, it's like, it's still shocking, but then it's not at the same time, but it is, but it's not, but it is, but it's not, do you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. I wrestle, it's like, Oh, again, but then it's just like, I'm, I'm just not surprised at this point, which Mm -hmm. is a devastating place to be at when it comes to Christian leaders. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- the one that kind of hit me hard and really, I think really just disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so disappointed about the Mike Bickle situation. And this isn't to just like poo poo on him. Right. Like it, right. We're just having a discussion, but yeah. the disappointment I felt. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say for people who don't know who is Mike Bickle. Oh yes. Okay. So Mike Bickle, he is I don't know if he was the founder, but he was the pastor and founder of IHOP Case uh, Kansas City. So IHOP being the International House of Prayer, not For pancakes. pancakes yeah. <laughs> um, and basically out of that and in, in Kansas City started this whole prayer um, worship yeah, like movement. movement. Yeah. Like huge, huge, huge. And mm-hmm. so like Corey Asbury has come out of that house. Like Jay Thomas has come out of that house. Like there's so many prominent just like worship leaders and, and leaders and pastors that have come out of that mm-hmm. uh, for years and years and years. Um, and so he just very recently in, in October, there was like allegations that came um, out and the person was not named. It was a Jane Doe. Um, and she kind of said, you know, she was... Um, just like there was abuse of power, sexual abuse, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was immediately removed and um, I help Casey, the church, like put statements out and things like that. But then just recently in like last, I think last week, um, another woman came forward with a much more detailed um, account. She was 14. He was 25 when this started. So yeah. a uh, illegal mm-hmm. uh, B abuse of power, just all the just horrible things. Um, so I think, that one hit me because it's just so disappointing because I, um, I really love IHOP Casey. I think what they, um, did really shifted like the prayer and worship movement. Mm-hmm. And so like you see the upper rooms, um, and the Bethel musics and things like that, that was really birthed really from something out of that movement. Like they really made, had a turning point, mm-hmm. um, for worship and intercession and things like that. And that just resonates with my heart because I believe obviously in, in prayer and intercession like very deeply. Anyways, I'm rambling, but it was so disappointing to me because I just really believed in what that church was doing. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was like the leader of that, you know, and like God was on his life. And so to think too, that it wasn't like last week, yeah. You're right. Like yeah. he, what he, like he didn't mess up one time, tried no. to get accountability, tried to do this. Yeah. Like it was, he was 25 years old. He's like in his what? 60s, 70s now. 
I don't even know. I don't know. Right? Don't know. So this is going for 40 years, essentially, yeah. this has yeah. been going on, yeah. right? And behind the scenes and not, not all consecutively, but like these things have been happening anyways. So I think the disappointment is just really like what is so tragic. And you're just like, ugh, like we should do better. Like, yeah. what are we doing that this keeps happening? What are we doing that like all these things are popping out and not from, like I said last week, it, like years ago. Like this has been ongoing for years and years and years. So it's just like, everything's just in the dark. So it's just, that was really disappointing to me. I just okay. checked. He's 69. Okay. okay. Yeah. So 35 years, 34 years, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, what about you? Almost 45 years. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I know. It's, it's disappointing. Uh, what stood out for you? Like if there was one. And I find this all very interesting because like, for the most part, I actually don't connect mm -hmm. with spiritual leaders. Mm -hmm. it, like that's not entirely true. Mm -hmm. So, like if John Mark Comer something there happened, I'd be like, oh, oh my gosh! Right. Listen, if something were to ever don't just worry, like, know, just know, I shouldn't have even put that out there. Yeah, someone come and check on me. <laughs> I shouldn't even put say. that out there. Like, like, but I'm just saying, like, okay, I should admit that there are people that I do look at and go, oh, yeah. like I just really like what you stand for, and that's what you're talking about. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, but the one out of like, and just that they were really just moving the kingdom of God forward. Yeah. Right. So the one yes. that, I, that really hit me the most was actually Ravi Zacharias. Mm -hmm. And for a couple reasons, um, one, I loved his intellectual approach to spirituality. Like mm -hmm. I think it can be a, an intellectual process. Yeah. So I like that he would engage with an atheist and like understanding that, um, that philosophy of spirituality is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's nice to know we can wrestle with ideas and mm -hmm. come out with good arguments and understanding of what we believe in. So yeah. I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. I loved how he um, was essentially the catalyst for... Um, what was the author of um, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus? Oh, yes. I forget his name. But that he, he, he was Yeah, they were, yep. they were highly connected, right? Yep. And so yep. what, reading that book, um, listening to that gentleman who was uh, Muslim mm -hmm. and, and came to know Jesus. Yep. Um, through was, Ravi. Yeah, yep. like through that ministry. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then he passed away. Like he passed away before all this came out. Yeah, and he got sick, and yeah. so at, like, at people very young were age, mourning. in his thirties, yeah. right? And, yeah. Um, so then, um, like learning that what he was doing his whole career, mm. massage parlors, essentially like spiritual mm. abuse for the purpose of sexual abuse. Yeah, like manipulation to for uh -huh. sexual acts. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and twisting the word of God. Twisting the word of God, um, the lying, the hiding. And yep. then the other part of it is that this comes out after he passed away. Mm -hmm. So like there was no darkness to light mm -hmm. that I know of. Mm -hmm. So that actually like, oh, like what does that mean? Yeah. I, I, what does that mean for an individual? I don't I don't know. And yeah, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't get to make those judgments, yep. thankfully. Yep. Yep. But I still, as a human being, end up sitting there going, what does that mean for you, man? Like, Because mm -hmm. the truth of Scripture tells us that we're, we can do many things in Christ's name, yeah. and when we get to see him, he'll say, who? Like, yeah, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I obviously uh, sort of grieved a few 
areas there. Yeah. Right. The sure. fact that I would have to look at this this brother who wrote Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, and sort of be glad maybe that he passed away, mm. because I don't know what that would have done. To done. His faith. I, I'm I'm sure he was stronger than I would give him credit yep. for. Yeah. But obviously, this stuff it affects our faith. Yeah. Of course. And and we grieve. Yep. Heavily. Now, yep. can I just put a uh, caveat on everything we're talking about, because this conversation can hurt Mm -hmm. and we can very easily get into a place where we say, oh, well, that's only 1% of the church or Mm -hmm. whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that this isn't like every church. No, I know amazing pastors. I know amazing ministries who are just doing God's work a hundred percent. Sure. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying that, yes, we're, we're looking at the very worst. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that's going to get the news, yep. and that's the thing that's going to get the attention. Yep. And people who want to take down the name of Jesus mm-hmm. um, will use this. Yeah, of course. And I understand why they would use yep. this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that if it's only the world that corrects and acknowledges, then then we have a greater issue. Yes. Like we mm-hmm. shouldn't have the world correcting us on these things. Yeah. And so we do need to be the people talking about yeah. it. When we're not, yeah. then I don't know, are we complicit? I think so. Um, I think in my own personal conviction. Yeah, my own, yes, My own exactly. personal conviction, absolutely complicit because you, you know, but you're not saying anything. And like, I'm just one human. Yes. So like, I'm not going to change at all. Like I'm not going to, but I think... Um, it only helps our witness. It only helps our compassion Mm -hmm. and our love Mm -hmm. for others when we speak out and we, when things like this happen. Absolutely. Like, and we don't know what to say. Like, we don't have all the answers and like, we definitely, we lament this. Like we lament this. And we grieve. And we grieve and we're sad, but we can also say it's wrong. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be like this and it's really sad and it's tragic because it affects so many people's faith and mm-hmm. their view of God, yeah. which is, I think, which is the saddest part um, is that because they're so entrusted to people and they've either journeyed with them or know them and sit under their leadership or whatever it may be, that then causes the damage. I don't think that's what is so yeah. sad, right? And I was actually, well, before you even said that, I was going to ask you, like, what, what do you, what do you think are the biggest, like, the most heartbreaking issues that that are involved in mm. in all of this? Mm-hmm. And of course, we can very quickly just want to condemn the names that we listed, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's also a tragedy for them and for their families that yeah. that this has happened. Like, yeah. the, there's wives that are destroyed. There's lives. Children. There's children. There's mm-hmm. Um, just, but then, yeah, it's the gospel, like who Jesus is to me Mm -hmm. and like who, who I know him to be able to be Mm -hmm. for a human being Mm -hmm. that gets muddied. Yeah. Right. It gets muddied up in this, like, why would we follow Mm -hmm. when this is the outcome? Yeah. This is the outcome. Yeah. Then like all of that stuff isn't true is what that ends up yeah. sort of in people's hearts. Right. Yeah. So even for like a lot of the most staunch follower mm-hmm. can end up in a, in a place of deconstruction yep. because these things happen and yep. it's very, very in a moment that can happen. Yeah. You know, this happened again. Yeah. 
What was, team am I on? Like, yeah. Like, why am I doing this? What What's are we doing? Point? Burn it all down. Right? Right? Throw it all away. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's fair. Like, there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. Because mm. I have even, like, I've questioned and I've deconstructed yep. and had to reconstruct yep. and think like, oh, actually, like, this is being taught. Is that even biblically accurate? Right. Or like, you know, like, you oh, have to. come on. You have please, to comb yes. through and go through these things. And I think when... When things like this pop up, people question, and that's natural, and that's okay. It's okay to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think that we're at a, a dangerous place when we don't, actually. So, like, mm. when you're reading scripture, if you're only ever reading what you were taught when you're five years old, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and just going, I, I just have faith, I believe, mm-hmm. because this is what I was taught, mm-hmm. you're not engaging with scripture. Like, yeah. You need to continuously be willing to be corrected by God yeah. on what you understand of Scripture. Because yeah. we and have to understand questions. this about Scripture. Yeah. Scripture, while it's infallible yes. and contains the truth. Yeah. And that truth, so in that infallibility, that doesn't mean um it doesn't mean like it's uh, every word is this perfect um combination of like you know what I mean? Like it wasn't sent down on this golden platter yes, and every yes. word should like there was interpretations, there was different languages that then had to be yes. translated. Jesus and, literally yeah. would have preached in Aramaic. Yes. We don't have Aramaic text. No. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we have Greek from that Aramaic, yeah. but it's it's, it's the closest as far as a religious text goes, is like the closest thing. Okay. Yeah. But we need to know that even with all of that, every single time we read scripture, it goes mm-hmm. through a filter. Yes. It either goes yes. through the filter of your pastor's heart and yep. mind, or it goes through yep. the filter of your heart and your mind. Heart, your we bring our context, yes. we bring our culture, our consciousness, we bring our biases. In. So yep. while God's word on its own is that way, yeah, um, we need to wrestle, and it's very similar to these things where we see these situations. Yeah. It's good for us to stop and go, "What is happening? Yeah, and what team am I on?" Because yeah. we don't want to deconstruct to destroy. Yes. Right? Yes. We want to deconstruct to reconstruct. Yeah, to rebuild. Yes. Yes. Because yes. We're, if something's off, let's fix that. Yeah, and let's talk about it. Like, yes. that's okay. Let's not hide yeah. it. I think sometimes in Christianity, like, we hear these things and we sweep it under the rug. Totally. Because we don't, A, we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to deal with it. We right. don't know how to address it. Right. Or we just don't want to deal with it. We think that the discussion around it too is going to cause damage. Yeah. Guess what? Damage Damage done. Damage is done. Yes. Done. So is is me not saying something is saying something. Yes. You're communicating something without communicating something. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I don't want to be on that. I don't want to be that kind of Jesus follower. No. I really don't. No. And that's like a deep, deep conviction for me. And that doesn't mean I'm like standing on a platform being like, forget Hillsong, forget Carl Lentz, forget this, forget yeah. like it just because you stand up or you speak out against something doesn't mean that you're hateful. No, right. It well, it's the heart like, behind. It's the heart behind. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like what's the heart behind it? And mine is my personal conviction is that's wrong. Yeah. And I don't want people to be damaged. I don't want people to walk away from faith because of it. Mm-hmm. I don't want, um, their view of Jesus to be misconstrued because of what some human being did that was wrong and criminal yes, or whatever it may be. And we have to, there's evil behind it. Yes. Right? Yes. Because like sin is not good. No. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's evil. Yeah. Um, And so it's really difficult. It's, 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 oh, 
It's very nuanced. It's very nuanced. And I know like if you're listening to this and you kind of feel like your back is up a little bit, like I just want to encourage you to just yeah. like lean in and, 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 and listen. Maybe I even ask what, what's my back up about? Yeah. Like what, what is the underlying, like, yeah. cause your back could be up yeah. because you feel like we're being hard on the church or, mm-hmm. um, your back could be up because this is a hard issue yep. because of an experience yeah. or your back could like, there's a number of reasons yeah. your back could be up in this discussion. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of discussion that does that. Yeah. But, and that's okay to have hard conversations. Yeah, they're called crucial conversations, yes. right? And they're the things that would uh, help us to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's answers. Like in that, let me say this. There's no utopia that yeah. we are ever going to find other than when Jesus comes again. Yes. So there's no utopia that we will create as humans Here. where this isn't going to happen again. Yes. I'm sorry. Yep. We're, yep. we're going to have wars again. Yeah. We can We can make all these statements on social media like... Um, you know, yeah. like why war is terrible. And yes, it is absolutely terrible, but you're not going to get rid of it. I'm sorry. You're not. I know. I know. I, I wish I could tell yeah. you that one day we would all kumbaya, hold hands and <laughs> sing in perfect harmony. Yeah. Kumbaya. But we won't. We won't. And in two weeks or a month or three months from now mm-hmm. or a year from now, mm-hmm. there's going to be another Church something. leader, another something, another something that you're going to read about, and it 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 has to not every time it happens, it can't pull you away from God. Like it can't, yeah. Like I it mean, can't make you want to go. Oh, I've got to throw in the towel. No, Do you know what I'm okay. Well, and and I don't. Do you want me to elaborate? Well, no. I actually want to almost rephrase it slightly. Yeah. It actually can, and that's yes. the hard. That's the thing. So, yeah. like, we don't, you don't want it to. Like yes. in the end, you, yeah, don't you don't want, want it to, to yeah. and we don't want it to for you. Yeah. It can very easily pull you oh, away 100%. if you allow it. Yeah, yeah, we don't want it but to. That and, and and it ought not to, or it doesn't have to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's better. And so, like, I, I wasn't. I don't mean to like try and no, correct, it's fine. but like, <laughs> I just think um, this is such a hard discussion yeah, it is. that. What we want is for everyone to be able to see that no matter what we face mm-hmm. in all things, mm-hmm. that Jesus actually is a path through. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's actually our path through in these situations yep. as well. Yep. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, this is big. It's a big conversation. Yeah. Uh, do we need to talk anymore about that disappointment level? Like, is there anything else in there? that you think needs to be brought out? Um. Mm, yeah, I would say I think part of like the... Obviously, when you hear these things, you're met with some form of disappointment, right? Um, because you either entrusted somebody, if you're directly under them, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you thought they're like pushing the kingdom forward, or like you said, like uh, Ravi he has these great conversations and brings light and steps into something brand new and is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... One of the things for me that it brings out is like the disappointment I feel in the hypocrisy (laughs) of this. I want you to elaborate on of what they are seemingly standing on a stage Mm -hmm. and saying and teaching and, um, you know, speaking 
to and what about mm-hmm. to their congregation, to their people, to their churches, one on one conversation. Like, think of the mentoring that was going on and the discipleship that's going on. And so, the hypocrisy for me is what's really disappointing because you, so, okay. We work in ministry, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And so anytime I'm given a microphone like this mm-hmm. or I'm speaking to the kids mm-hmm. or I'm speaking to the youth or whatever it is, that is a privilege and yes. an honor. Yes. And it's not to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, it's a big responsibility, not because I'm amazing, right? not because like I'm going to crush this, I'm going to change people's lives. It's... It's a responsibility and it's a weight because you are responsible for speaking into somebody's life, into somebody's situation, um, and you're responsible for teaching them kind of what the word says. And like you said, like there's so much nuance to the word of God. Like Mm. I can't be teaching it through my filter. I need to be teaching it through God's filter the best that I can. Yeah. Right? So when I'm given a microphone, that is a huge responsibility for me because I'm speaking into people's lives Mm -hmm. and hopefully helping their relationship grow with God. Mm -hmm. So when I hear that these things are happening, you know, Carl Lentz, he's standing in front of millions, Mm -hmm. thousands, Mm -hmm. and he's changing people's lives, right? Because of the work that God is doing through him through the word, right? And and people are coming to know him and, you know, going to Hillsong, New York City because it's refreshing and it's different and, oh, I belong here. Like all these amazing things. The hypocrisy for me is you're standing up there and you're preaching the gospel and then the you step off the stage and your life has zero gospel mm-hmm. and zero fruit. Mm-hmm. What am I, like, it makes me like angry. Mm-hmm. Like, And maybe righteous anger. I don't really know what Mm -hmm. the, or maybe it's just rage, Mm -hmm. but it makes me angry because as soon as you step off that platform, you're, you basically have just lied to people who trust you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why people feel so betrayed and hurt. Um, And then you're doing all these things behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then you get up on Sunday again Yep. and you preach another message and you speak the truth and the gospel to people, and then you get off stage, and you're not doing anything. Yeah, that points to the gospel. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought of something I wanted to add to that because I absolutely agree with you. Um, the thing that always gets me is, like, in their preparations for every Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. They're going through the Word. They're they're making their notes. They're making their points. Like, I don't understand how they can completely separate what they're teaching and mm-hmm. and taking time to form mm-hmm. like when they're sermonizing yeah. and then just like completely let it leave their brain when they're off the stage. Mm-hmm. Like I know in everything there can be um, like a, a point of you're just going through the process, yeah. but like mm-hmm. you're speaking these words that are so deep and yeah. so true. And then you're, you're presenting them to all of these people mm-hmm. in a passionate way. Like how do you just, not hear anything that you're saying. Yeah. Like, it's just so strange to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it. I think. Uh, and is there like zero conviction? Exactly. Zero fear of the Lord. Yeah. Like they just don't care. I, I don't get it. I don't know. Okay. So I want to clarify for people that might be listening because we can easily put these kind of things on ourselves. Right. So 
I want to clarify, we're, we're in this instance, when you are imagining, you're probably imagining the highest level sexual predator. I'm um, sending an inappropriate text yep. to, because you're going to have your general person who just messed up. Like, yes. Right? And, yeah. and, and there can be very similar aspects that you would go through mm-hmm. uh, before you speak to somebody, mm-hmm. right? I can't say what they're, what's going on in their heart. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that part of the problem is that there isn't a clarity on what it means to be forgiven. There isn't a clarity on what it means to bring things to the light sometimes. So okay. like something that's starting out as even much more minor than the big. Yes. Right? Yes. Like if it's dealt in the minor. Yeah. Um, and when it's just like a smaller thing. Yeah. Um, like say a pornography addiction. Yeah. Or- or the first time I looked at it, say, right? Um, If it's dealt with in that area, then it doesn't maybe become this other thing. And Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit of conjecture. I don't 100% know that. Mm -hmm. There's other aspects too that can come in then that's like, well, I've given out to the Lord this week. He's forgiven me. um, And he'll be strong in my weakness. Like there's a lot of different platitudes that can be utilized. And then like, I wonder if there's any kind of like... if there's any feeling for some of these really large uh, church, especially pastors mm-hmm. or people in front of big crowds, if like, if there's a work salvation aspect, you know, like mm-hmm. what I'm doing is my salvation. Mm-hmm. I, I look at, but look at what I'm doing for God. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I get that's wrong, mm-hmm. but my salvation is in this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it isn't. We just know it's yes, not, right? No. But I, I kind of wonder if that exists yep. because the work can become almost bigger in our hearts than God, Mm. you know? And so it's like a wrong thought. It's a wrong thought. Even from the starting point, there's wrong thinking. Like, um, but we're not really necessarily clear in teaching people about forgiveness and confession and and repentance. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote a paper on like, and I want to ask you both this. Um, Mm. I wrote a paper on on that big church thing, because I think that we, we cannot separate this conversation from the conversation on mega church. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you both. Do you think, mm-hmm. do you think mega churches is the problem or a, a significant part of the problem? I want to just hear what you think on that. I don't think mega church is the problem. I think accountability is the problem. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you've formed your church in a way where you she read my paper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you formed your church in a way which and I think this is what a lot of mega churches do and well I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that I don't know yeah. I I know a couple examples of this but they don't necessarily put um, people in place to hold them accountable right so mm-hmm. you think of like the Mark Driscolls of the world mm-hmm. um, uh, for anybody who listened to the rise and fall of Mars Hill you know that he intentionally didn't have anybody to hold yes. him accountable yes. and anybody who tried to he fired mm-hmm. right so it's not the mega church necessarily that's the problem because I I think there are really good things that the mega church does um or can do um but if you're not intentionally putting multiple people in a place like a board or or elders or Mm -hmm. just like people that you trust Mm -hmm. to keep you on the straight and narrow that's where the problem lies yeah okay it's good so just for everybody we started this last week right and this Mm -hmm. last week the first time we did this we're Shannon. Yes. Shannon's going to give in. input because yeah. she has thoughts and we can see them happening. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And she's and good thoughts. Just, yeah. And she's got good thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and we were just like, you know, we just need your voice in here. Uh, but she also stayed behind the camera. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, 
I agree a hundred percent. Oh, we're going to get a different, we're going to get a different stroke though here. I agree a hundred percent. It's, I think accountability is the issue. I think having zero policy, um, and systems is the issue. I think not having HR in churches Mm -hmm. is the issue. Mm Um, I mega churches make me quite nervous quite, quite nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is a place, I think I agree. Yes. For mega churches and for small churches and listen, things like this also happen in smaller churches too. Oh yeah. Right. We just don't hear about it because it's not a mega church. Um, but I, I think mega churches tend to lean more into it being an issue there. So you're, th- you're saying that there's just sort of like, it's a, it's a breeding ground for the possibility yes. of that happening. Yeah. Okay. I, I think so. I think too, the one, the one other issue with mega churches is it can uh, attract narcissists, yeah. narcissistic leaders because yes. they want the glory. Right. And right. you're not going to get that in a small church, but you are in a mega church. Yeah. Yes. So, I think I agree. Yeah. I think there's something, um, big and exciting and flashy. Yeah. So it, it targets those kinds of leaders. Yeah. And and the thing is too is every leader that we've given an example of is 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 charismatic and appealing. Yes. Right? So of course a mega church is looking for those types of leaders yes. Absolutely. to run their church. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But again, then it comes back to accountability. If you're not keeping them in check or they're not keeping themselves in check, mm-hmm. then the narcissism takes over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it has so much more to do um behind the stage than on the stage. Agree. It's behind, it's what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, it's also a severe lack of pastoral care for pastors. Yeah. A severe lack. Yes. We're going to get there. (laughs) We're actually going to get to all of those (laughs) things. Cause that's in like, uh, our, our, our level of like, what, what can we do? The, uh, the thing that I want to just put in here is it's just so interesting that we will blame a thing for mm-hmm. a heart issue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing inherently evil or wrong about a mega church. Like, no, it's nope. just a thing. It's yep. the system. It's like a, yeah, right. Yep. So then it does go to our systems. 100%. You can't avoid it. You, you can't avoid pastor celebrity. If you're going to try and somehow squash yeah. pastor celebrity, it's never going to happen. Yep. And we also have to acknowledge that there are places for a lot of good to happen through those things. Yes. Billy Graham was a part of yep. uh, what God was doing to save many, many people, yep. right? Yep. Um, right now, The Chosen is speaking to people about the gospel in a brand new way. Mm-hmm. So we like to get in and go, that thing is wrong, that thing mm-hmm. is wrong, that thing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we can't avoid it, I think that the greater issue then is to... To, to do what you both are talking about. What systems can we set up mm-hmm. that will make sure that it's as unlikely as we can make it yeah. to, uh, to avoid that. Yeah. Or when something does happen, we, we're say, equipped to and, handle it. And, and when, when something, something does happen, happen, we as a big C church yeah. 
are equipped to handle it yes. with care exactly. for the pastor for everyone. and for the congregation. Everyone and the victims yep. that yes. like, and, 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 and listen and they need to be seen and they need to be heard. heard yep. And we don't start from a position of you're a liar. Yeah, like, or, or, or innocent until proven guilty. Oh, that's yeah, what right? we hear all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Now, please. but listen, listen, that's also, we have, to, we have to be careful in that too. <laughs> it makes be- me so annoyed. I know, but uh, like for everything else, we want that to exist. So just as yes. like a state of law, we do yes. have to come from like an innocent do. until proven yes, guilty. Yes, 100%. But that doesn't mean you use that because that's often used to discredit the exactly. victim. Right? Exactly. We have to be careful how we use it. Yes. Like, so we can't hate the term innocent until proven guilty. I do. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I don't hate it, but because I that's the way our, that's the way our system actually works. Yes. So we can't. And like, we need we need the structure and the law. Right. Because otherwise, then we've got like lynch mobs and we've got like you know for sure vigilante justice for- and those kind of things and and <laughs> and our people and honestly people in the world will roll with vigilante oh, justice. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So um, <laughs> all of that to say that um, yeah, just it's going to happen. We're yes. going to have we're going to have mega churches. I'm sorry to tell you that uh, some narcissist is going to get into a mega church. Mm-hmm. Some narcissist is going to get into a 100 person church. Yep. Someone's going to get hurt. I'm so sorry that that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. But then we also have to understand, like, I can even set up the, the like, I have a system. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was with my accountability guy yesterday yep. and we were talking and I was like, listen, man, you know, I'm telling people that you're my guy that I confess to. So let's make yeah. sure we're confessing. Yeah. So we sat there and we're like, what do we need to confess about? Yeah. Right. But then I also went to Shannon and I was like, Shannon, you know, he's my confessor person, mm-hmm. but are there certain things that you need me to confess to you? Right. So like if I were to uh, and this I hate I hate talking about this because it makes it seem like, oh, I'm just like on the ready to fall into some kind of like. Right. sin, no, right? Yeah. And it's not that case, but I'm also human. Yeah. So to think I'm greater than I am. And when I start to get too confident, that's when I get in trouble. Yeah. Anyways, um, like, what do you need me to share with you in, yeah. in order for me to feel the actual freedom? Mm-hmm. Right. So if I go to my my person uh, and I confess with them, um, but actually there's an expectation on my partner that, you know, I should confess certain things to them. Mm-hmm. If I don't know that, I still have this, I might still have bondage somewhere yeah. about where I'm confessing. Yeah. Right? Now, I can have my system. I can tell you that there's my wife who I confess to. There's this guy who I confess to. And I'm making that public right now, right? So people, oh, good, Pastor Rob, he could never. Yeah. It's still not like... Foolproof. It's not foolproof. Yeah. Anybody can tell you their whole system and it's still not foolproof. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm um, like, it's just how we live. And so I think something that we have to consider is we need to understand how we're going to handle these situations. We need to know our heart for these, everybody involved. Yeah. And we need to work through these things by the power that Jesus gives us. Does that all make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where does that leave us? Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> We're all, what are we, oh, great, nothing. There's no answers. There's no yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are things we can do, aren't yeah, there? I think so. Okay. Absolutely. So do we want to get into that? Um, like, what's our role? Is there something that we need to address before that? What do you think? Nope. Where uh, are we at? Where are we at? I think let's get into it. I do want to say the one thing that we have um, for, because uh, we did want to oh, yeah. talk maybe just really quickly on we like, did. how do we fight through this issue in our own hearts? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the statement that me and you came up with was like, what is our relationship to the church? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. is our relationship to the church is our is our uh, position there just as 
kind of like sheep who should trust, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Like that's our shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, do we trust, is our job to trust the church or to love the church? First and foremost yes. is to love the church. Right. Right. And also trust plays a role. Yes, it does. So, so it's kind of like on a level of core values mm-hmm. where you... Where you um, you rank. You rank it, right? Mm-hmm. So like That's our... the most important. The, the most second, important thing we do is third. love the church. Yeah. And, and trust is just going to play a role. Yeah. But like that way we know if trust is broken, we have to default to that other core value there. Mm-hmm. That's like we love the church, right? Yeah. We love. Yeah. So like... Yeah. How can God help us? Yeah. And you know, and I know that in times of tragedy and pain and hurt and grief, that that is sort of that wall that we hit. Like, so John Mark Homer talks about that. Actually, it's in like um, Peter Scazzaro's yep. like emotionally healthy stuff. Yep. That wall we hit that there's no way around it. There's no way around uh, what happened with the... The house of prayer, almost at yep. pancakes. Um, <laughs> there's no way around what happened in Hillsong. There's no way around the Bruxy. There's no way around. And yeah. you've got to deal. Yeah. And go through it. And Jesus actually will help us through. Yeah. And in helping us through, make us stronger, make us wiser, yeah. make us more resilient. Yeah. And do all these things that yeah. we, will grow us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think too, like... We're not saying that there is no level of trust. Like, oh, we sh- in a perfect world, we should be able to trust our. I trust you, leaders and pastors. Yeah, and I trust Shannon. Yeah, like, unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. I trust Pastor Peter and Sandra. Yes, I trust a hundred percent. Unfortunately, like very sadly, that doesn't always happen. Um, so there should be a, a level of trust, but, um. I think it gets really murky when um, our church becomes God or yes. our leader becomes God. Um, and not yes. to say what they're doing is okay. It's not okay. No. But also, that's not our God. Exactly. And so we can't worship them. We can't idolize them. It's We idolize God. We yes. worship God. Yes. He is the one. Yes. Even the church. We don't idolize the church. The church isn't our God. We are the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we love the church, mm-hmm. right? But God is number one. God's number one. Yeah. God's everything. Yeah. 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 So, it's, and that's an important distinction. Yeah. Because like trust in a human is one thing. You're going to have to put yourself in situations of trust. Yep. Shannon drove us to work. Yeah. And I trusted that she would not go even 10 kilometers close to the speed limit. Yeah. When we were driving on ice. <laughs> Right, so I, I I trust her to get me there, but yes. there's that trust. I trust I trust Shannon yes. to like go out and be with people and just be her good, wonderful self. Yeah, and not right. So, yep. yes, yeah. but that level of trust that you're talking about is a whole other level. Yeah, right. Yeah. I trust God in a different way than I trust Pastor Peter and Sandra. Yes. Right, and we like, have to. And he he yes. asks us to do that. The and, gospel is very clear. And then we have to acknowledge the fact. And this isn't. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that I don't know how many people would have said, Mike Bickle, oh, he would never. My mm-hmm. pastor would never. Mm-hmm. How many people with the Hillsong, oh, but yeah. my pastor, never. never. Yep. So we can't just also act like these aren't important. Yes. Right? This yeah. isn't like. Yeah, we're not sweeping it under the rug. We're yeah. shocked for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we're exactly. We're shocked for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's do, let's talk about like our role. 
Okay. And and I don't know if this is more significant for me and you say because we're mm-hmm. pastors mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or because we present ourselves as some type of uh, mm-hmm. spiritual leaders. Like mm-hmm. maybe there, we're more incumbent mm-hmm. to, it's more incumbent upon us to mm-hmm. work through these things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For the sake of other people, yep. maybe. Yeah. But um, I think maybe then if people can get on board with what we're talking about, yeah. even the the demand for it in churches. Yes. Right? The need. From the people. Yep. Like yes. let's, let's see this stuff. Let's, let's, like, see let's this. ask questions. Yes. Like let's, let's bring this to our leaders' yes. attention. Let's reconstruct like, some of this stuff. Yes, ab- absolutely. We've already deconstructed. Yeah, yeah so now we're going to tell you, well, this is how we're going to reconstruct Actually, it. some people have almost destroyed, so like let's reconstruct. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's rebuild. Yeah, let's yeah, rebuild. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, something that I'm quite passionate about is um, pastoral care for the pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't say this just because I'm a pastor, but I say this because I'm a pastor's kid. And so I've seen the effects of like what goes on in congregations, what goes on with people's lives, what goes like, um, we have front row seats to people's trauma. We have front row seats to people's burdens and heartaches and hardships. And mm-hmm. it's an honor and it's a privilege to actually be brought in to people's lives like that. But it's a weight. It's very weighty, yes. right? Oh, yes. Um, and so I think um, just growing up, I've seen things. I've seen um, I've seen leaders not get taken care of. I've seen mm-hmm. leaders, quote unquote, fall. I've like all these things happen. And there was always the care for the pastors that were missing. Yes. Right. We have pastoral care for our congregants mm-hmm. and the people we serve and the people that we love. Amazing. Yes, mm-hmm. we need that. Keep mm-hmm. doing that. But it's the behind the scenes. It's the once you step off the stage, is there any kind of policy for care for you? Mm-hmm. Is there any, right? And I think with that, that then creates the safe place for accountability and for confession and for honesty and to have a safe place to say like, hey, I'm like, I'm struggling or like, hey, I, I messed up. I texted somebody and it was inappropriate. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, totally. This is these are my confessions right so i think when we have a system for great care for the pastors other things fall in line Mm -hmm. so that's one thing i would say what would you say well i mean you kind of in in a in a way hit all of our (laughs) things in in that (laughs) um no it's it's all good and i think that we can break it down so for for me you must know that that like that's what my uh, master's degree uh, capstone project is on is on pastoral right. care yeah. and 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 policy around and maybe guidelines around pastoral care. Yeah, I don't think we think it through. Um, yeah. Ramifications, that weight that you talked about. I don't think we. And there can be some. I don't know if I want to say generational. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean because maybe the difference between our oldest generation and the younger generation is significant. Yes. Uh, because of things like the addition of internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it is. Yeah, there's definitely a But at some point, there's also just age stuff. Yep. Right? Yeah. But like there is probably a difference then because like I think differently even than um, Gen Xers who are older than me mm-hmm. because internet was introduced while I was in my formidable high school years. Yeah. So right. that's, I started engaging yeah. with that early. So yeah. it makes me just sort of think of things differently. Yeah. Okay. So, but... All of that to kind of say, we kind of think about church differently mm-hmm. and we think of the the process of being in ministry differently. We mm-hmm. think of, and, and so we get, the, we have language. Mm-hmm. So one of the language areas that, that causes me to want to step back and like, we need to think about this more 
is when we talk about ministry is not a job, it's life. Mm. Right? Like okay. those are, you've heard that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. What do we mean when we say that? Yeah. Right? And, and, and there's good heart behind it. Yep. Like uh, in one sense, it's like, well, even if you're not paid for ministry, you're called to ministry. So mm-hmm. there's that aspect mm-hmm. of it that if you're a believer, you just need to do ministry. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's real danger in it um, because my life still has some boundaries of hours yep. related to when I'm at church and when I'm giving to that work yep. aspect of it, right? And so I think we need to think for pastors Mm -hmm. through some of that more Mm -hmm. um, because we're not necessarily doing teaching on what's considered work. One of the areas that stands out for me is preaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, we would consider prep. That's ours. Yes, we would consider the time that you're speaking ours. Mm -hmm. But does anybody think about the spiritual toll it takes on you for the two hours after, three hours after, we don't. We think, oh, you're done at 1230, you're done, you're off the clock, right? Right. So if we really mean this whole life stuff, then we have to start acknowledging. I actually don't think that we can fully get to the whole life, like Mm -hmm. ministry is life, Mm -hmm. because there's just work aspects to it. And like, honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just, I just can't get there. Yeah. Like there's just separation stuff that has to exist. Yeah. And I think that's where we see generational differences. Yeah. Right. Because us, like your generation and young, I'm millennial. And then you see like the Gen Z's and they, like, we have a hard time compartmentalizing that. Does that make sense? We yeah. have a hard time. Seeing, Do you think like, you have a hard time compartmentalizing it? The life and yeah. ministry. Honestly, when people say that to me, I fight myself not to roll my eyes. Compartmentalize? Or no, the, the life, life, is? life is ministry. I, so I would kind, like of, I kind of fight I, myself to be like, oh, I, I would more okay. tend to, I don't know if it's Gen X and down or like, uh, maybe it's like in the Xennial kind of range. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a I would think that there's more of a desire to compartmentalize it. Yeah. So okay. I, I thought you were saying yeah. that you had trouble oh, compartmentalizing. No, no. Oh. I just don't like when people say that to me because I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. give me a break. Um, so for me... My life isn't ministry. Or no. <laughs> Sorry. No, like, I know. Um, my life is in service to God, yeah, but my yeah, life yeah, is yeah. not ministry. No. My life is my life, loving God. Yes. Ministry is my job. And it's a call. Yeah. Like it's a call on my life. I'm God has asked me to be here, so I'm being obedient to yes, him. Yes, yes. Right? But um ministry is not my life. No. And when we put this pressure on pastors for it to be all consuming. Yes. When they mess up, their fear is I have nothing now. Mm-hmm. Their fear is, Oh, I put my whole life into my quote unquote ministry. So if I mess up, I don't have a life outside of this. True. So I now lose everything. Yeah. My marriage, my family, my church, my congregation, my status, my f- money to live, my finances, my, mm-hmm. my wage. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's an unnecessary uh, burden that you put on people. And I think that's kind of something that hinders the confession. Oh, aspect. and we're, I want to talk about right? confession for yeah, sure. That hinders the con- confession aspect. So I think of it in terms <clears throat> of look at Carl Lentz. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carl Lentz was 
I watches documentaries mm-hmm. and things. Okay. So for me personally, I believe a little, a little bit, Carl Lentz is responsible for his own actions. Uh, absolutely. You are human. You're grown. You make your decisions. You're responsible for them. You have consequences. Yes. Mm-hmm. I believe slightly he was groomed to be that person mm-hmm. by Brian Houston and the Hillsong institution. Yeah. He, yeah. Right. He was, he was charismatic. Like Shannon said, it's charismatic. He's a phenomenal communicator. Yep. He like all these things. Brian Houston sees that. Yeah, of course I want you to leave my church, right? Yep. There's narcissistic tendencies in there and all the things. But so I think of Carl Lentz. He's partially groomed to be that way. Yeah. And then he is that way. Great. People are gravitating towards him. He messes up. He starts texting this nanny, mm-hmm. right? He starts se- sexting somebody. Mm-hmm. He sent inappropriate mm-hmm. images mm-hmm. and nudes and yep. all the things, right? Yep. Like, let's call it what it is. And now, like, let's say he knows what he did is wrong, okay? Let's say he has that. I'm, I'm not him. This is speculation. I don't know the facts. So let's say he... <laughs> He knows, oh, shoot, I messed up. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't do this to my family, to my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, not good. Yeah. Who does he go to? You're going to go to Brian Houston? And you're going to say, hey, dude. What's he going to I messed up. What's he going to do? You're gonna, don't are you going to... about us. <laughs> I don't know how to do a Brian Fish Houston. Fish friends, <laughs> not food. Um, like, he... Ha- if he th- he could think, okay, if I go then to my boss or whoever I'm accountable to, if he even had somebody, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, then he like he loses his job, mm-hmm. he loses his status, mm-hmm. he loses that fame that he mm-hmm. got that he's mm-hmm. used to, um, and then loses the finance. Like he loses everything yep. because his life has become the quote unquote ministry. Mm-hmm. So I think when we say life is ministry, you're putting so much unnecessary pressure on people and. Not that it's not serious, because it is serious. If you're doing ministry, like you take that seriously. Yes. We're not saying you don't take it serious and throw it all away. No. But I think there's unnecessary pressures put on people when they're told that. Because then they mess up, they want to confess, maybe, yeah. and they think, I can't, I'm gonna lose who am I now? Everything. Yeah. Right? Agreed. That's what I think. That's just my two cents, yeah. guys. Take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and I just think um I think that it's good to be able to compartmentalize it because as we're going to talk about next week's episode, mm-hmm. our identity is so much more full yes. than like a one, one thing. thing. I mean, it's, it's full because of Jesus, Yes, but it's, um, so like there's that one thing much bigger that opens up anyways. Yep. And we'll talk about it's that good. next week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just, just 100% agree with that. I, I want, I, so the work that I'm doing now with that capstone project mm-hmm. actually gets us, hopefully I'm hoping to get us into a place that's based off of like Luke um, 10, 27. Is it 10, 27? I think so. Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, yep. and strength. And I picked that one because it's got the four. Yeah. Just give that holistic sort of sense yep. of heart, uh, mind. Body. Body. Mm-hmm. And then the soul. Yeah. And I actually sort of consider the soul not just a culmination of the three. Yes. But something deeper Separate. and something yep. more. Um, and I don't know that... Big C Church has sort of cared for that. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, so then there becomes a little bit of hypocrisy in the whole life ministry is life, mm-hmm. like, like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of want to ditch those that phrasing and that terminology, yeah. Yeah. and then think, Me okay, too. within an organization, 
do we value the people that work here? Because if we value the people that work here, mm -hmm. we want to set them up to thrive. And on a leadership standpoint, I go, I want you, Sarah, if you're my employee, mm -hmm. to thrive beyond me. Mm -hmm. Because while I have you, that's going to just benefit me like crazy. Right. And then I want you to outgrow me. Right. Right. Like, I don't want to hold on to Sarah Colantonio forever. <laughs> like, yeah. I would love to see you just get to your, because that means that you're excited to be a part of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But when I do have you, you're giving me the absolute best of what you yeah. have. Yeah. Right. And so what can we set up so that you could position yourself to thrive? I get the best out of you mm -hmm. and you are protected mm -hmm. in all of these areas. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we have to start acknowledging the things that lead us down places like that, that start this process. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't know what the first step was with like a Carl Lance or, mm -hmm. or any of these people, yep. but like, let's just say it was looking at pornography. Mm -hmm. Right. What got them there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even if it was like, okay, I saw something when I was 12. Yep. And so it started then. Yeah. Okay. But what then when you were 27 yep. made it so you felt like that had to be the answer for you to yeah. feel something. whatever. And yep. there can be different things. Like yep. it, there can be a ton of different, but like, yep. is a, is some of it exhaustion mm -hmm. and, and, and carrying the, like the little micro traumas that we yep. carry as yep. pastors the because heaviness, yep. it's heavy mm -hmm. when you, when when you sit down and hear everybody's lives and I don't really like everybody's got something. Yep. Everybody has something lots going on. And we carry that. Yep. And it's like, you get exhausted. Yeah. Okay. So there's that, maybe that moves in. Mm -hmm. There's the levels of like identity that go with it. Like you're talking yep. about it. Um, and, and expectation of performance yep. and I didn't add up and then mm -hmm. those kind of things. So when we're feeling down, are we trying to then medicate that? Yep unhealthily yep coping mechanisms right yep. so like what can we set up for and, and we you, you honestly have to get into the nuance of it and i know i exhaust people with like nuance <laughs> but but the more you are willing to go into it the more you know and the more you understand like yeah. it just I, i'm not cool with us going, I'm tired of talking about nuance. Mm -hmm. There just is. Yeah. There just is. Mm -hmm. And so like, what can I create um, in policy, mm -hmm. which shows intent? Policy is just meant to show intent. Yep. What can I create that will make sure you're thriving? Yeah. Do I need to put in an option to get a gym membership into the budget mm -hmm. so that I know my staff can take care of their health? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the counseling that's, that's provided? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Um then there's so many levels. I could just go on for days yeah. about all the different ways yeah. you could care. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't all have to cost money. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, but I think that if we can work towards those things and be really thoughtful about how our staff could thrive, body, mind, soul, spirit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Heart, like that, then mm -hmm. that would at least be a step. A step in the right direction of hopefully getting this, mm -hmm. I don't know, epidemic under control of these. And, and still won't be the answer. Like it's, no. not the, it's not the one and for all no. answer. And the thing is, we're like, we're human and there's sin in the world and there's traumas and emotions and think, coping mechanisms that are not healthy and all the things like, mm -hmm. this is always going to be here because this, this just earth, right? And we're not going to see healing from all this until we see Jesus again. But in the uh, meantime, course, yes. but in the meantime, we need to 
I don't know. We need to have accountability. Yes. We there needs to be confession. I think we need to talk there about that. There needs to be care, like all that. I think we need to talk about confession. confession? Do we have time? How long have we gone? Okay, well, let's talk about confession quick. Spend an hour. What? Okay. I've seen podcasts that went for an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, okay so we'll talk about it quickly. It's, it's, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's the most important thing we have to talk about when we talk about freedom. And I worry that it's something that we don't talk about. Mm. Maybe we don't talk about it properly. Yeah. And okay, this is a wrestling match in my heart and in my head. Um, because I think there's this level of openness that we have to be able to get to. And there's only a certain amount of level of openness that I can get to here. Yeah. Now, you know all of my places that I yep. like confess you have accountability and you know, in place. all of my levels of confession, but like to go to the fullest, deepest places, you it becomes difficult, right? Like For sure. you just can't share with everybody all the time, everywhere. No. You and you're not, I don't think it's wise to also do that. I right. think you have trusted people that you share with and that you confess with and that's it. You yeah. shouldn't be going around willy nilly, just telling everybody everything all the time. No, but in order to sort of start, making discussions mm-hmm. okay in people's right. hearts. Yeah. Somebody's got to lead the way. Yeah. There's kind of like a little bit of a stigma around confession when it's harder things. Like I think it's so much easier for someone to say, ah, mm-hmm. oh, I just like, I'm full of rage and I, it's a lot like, it's easier for someone to say that and a lot harder for someone to be like, man, like I just, um, I keep like, look at porn right. or I keep like, right. And so there's also an insinuation that ends up happening mm-hmm. when somebody's being vulnerable. They always leave it in the realm of everybody will probably imagine that what you're talking about is your anger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. there's a bit of a falseness that exists. Yeah. So what I want you to do maybe, um, is you need to have your accountability person and whatever your thing is like, there are big things. There's addictions, there's drug addiction, mm-hmm. there's there's alcohol addiction, there's mm-hmm. porn addiction, mm-hmm. there's there's the big ones that are hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you, whoever's listening, I don't know, put put what your thing is. And and there's all fa- all sin is moral failure. Yeah. So there's no hierarchy. No, and so I'm not I don't want I want you to sit here and hear me saying that anger isn't a big thing. Anger's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. But we're talking about the ones that are hard to talk about and that can come mm-hmm. with shame. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I do, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. For just, and this is to avoid going to that place. Mm-hmm. It's to avoid going to that place because I live in freedom and I don't want to go to that place, mm-hmm. right? I So you protect. Yeah. It's, it's like you don't get freedom and then just assume that n- things aren't going to happen. You don't get freedom and then assume that no, somebody's going to no one's ever going to drink around you. You can't get freedom and then assume you're never going to see something on TV. You can't, right? So you have to set up systems. So what I want to encourage you to do is you have to have your confession people. Mm -hmm. You have to get open and honest with them and say like, we're going to actually confess sin, Mm -hmm. James, Mm -hmm. right? Confess with one another. Um, And then maybe with that person, have discussions around your why. Like, why do I... Go there. What is yeah. the thing that's burning in me yeah. that would cause me to medicate myself with yeah. alcohol, drugs, pornography, um, sleeping around, yeah. all of these different things, yeah. binge eating, like yeah. things that you yeah. are trying to go, hey, uh, I need the yeah. dopamine yeah. rush. Yeah, why is that your coping mechanism? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 100%. you know the why, 
and they know the why. Mm-hmm. So that when you're going through something, you see that and you can um, help each other. Yeah. Like I see you're going through yeah. that thing. Yeah. That you're home. Okay. Then tell them the places that you know could possibly trigger. Yeah. People's triggers are different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. like for a person who's got lust issues, yeah. a trigger could be somebody walking down the street yeah. in certain clothes. Yeah. And for another person, that's not it at all. Yeah. For another person, their trigger is actually a, a feeling of um, emptiness and loneliness, mm-hmm. and that trigger causes them to run to it. To, to, yeah. to like, yeah, porn so that they can, yeah. whatever. Feel something, yep. Add that to all the other places too. Yep. Add that to alcohol, add that to drugs. Like yep. whatever, those big yep. things that can come with shame, Yeah. right? If you get ahead of it, and you say that, okay, listen, my thing is um, when I go to a restaurant and I see a person with a pint, I think, oh, that is me. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I can do that. I, I can that. do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm watching TV and I see this is where I get, you know, I really like a good story. And if there's some nudity in there, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But actually that gets me, man. Mm-hmm. I, I need you to know that. Yeah, yeah. And in that way, you can hold each other accountable. Yeah. And in that way, it actually, when you go to confess, mm-hmm. it's at a, a much lower level, mm-hmm. right? So like maybe all of that shame that would come mm-hmm. with years and years and years of carrying yeah. uh, an increased addiction to whatever yeah. is, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the thing that you're confessing to. Yeah, yeah. You're confessing to, you know what? I watched House of the Dragon Yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah, House of Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, mm. And there know, was some nudity in there. There was nudity and in there. I don't think I should have done that. Made yeah. me go to a place. Yeah. Yep. And you confess it before it's even like a really big deal. Yes. And you're protecting yep. yourself. Yeah. And I I don't know if I even said this already, yep. but the freedom that you can live in in confession mm-hmm. when it's done well yep. and, and ahead me. of the game and no shame, just like yep. understanding that we're people mm-hmm. who sin. And so many people mm-hmm. have issues with lust and so many people have issues with types of addiction mm-hmm. and so many people have issues with anger. And so like, yep. it's just, we're human. we're human and we're sinful and we're going to struggle mm-hmm. with any or all of those things. Right. Um, and I think too, like bring, bringing it back to um, what we, we started this topic with talk about like the Mike Pickles and the Carl Wentz and all things. And I just think, what if they had their system set up? Right. When like it wasn't, what, when it wasn't like when whatever Mike Pickle was twenty five mm-hmm. and he was you know lusting after this girl and texting her inappropriately. What if he had the safe person to be like, "Hey man, like I messed up. Help me get. How do I yeah. rectify this? How yeah. do I you know like yeah. coming with true repentance and confession that could change the whole trajectory. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Carl, like mm-hmm. you know, and Ravi Zacharias that was hidden mm-hmm. for decades and decades and mm-hmm. decades. Imagine if it wasn't if there was that safe confession. That one-on-one, saying yeah. it out loud to somebody yeah. to then work through it together. Like, yes. I think that could, you know, and that's why confession is so important. And hopefully it could alleviate some of the things that we're seeing. Right? Yeah. And so like confessing to God, absolutely wonderful, beautiful. Yes. But scripture but also tells us to, to confess one to one another. Mm-hmm. So like Jesus then forgives you your sins and, and like he doesn't hold that against you. That doesn't mean you're still not there holding that against you. And like going and confessing with another person mm-hmm. uh, puts that into a light yep. where uh, you don't have to carry it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to get very real and say there are some people right now who would be listening who are like, yeah, but I'm well into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I just encourage you to just find your person yep. that you trust? Mm-hmm. You'll have that ten minutes. Yeah, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Really hard. And like, just find the one person that you feel safe with. Yeah. 
Like, this doesn't mean now you're going to confess to your pastor. This doesn't mean yep. you're going to go confess to your husband yep. now. This doesn't yep. mean you're going to confess to your wife. Find the place where you're like, I can be safe, you're in safe this with a person and yep. confess. Yep. It's going to hurt for 10 minutes and I, you're going to feel a weight go, huh. Oh. You're going to feel so much better. And then, and then go from there. Yep. Like, just go from there. Yep. Um, also, I just want to encourage you to know what are the things that are going to bring you true freedom, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to use me as an example in a situation where me and my wife have a discussion of like, what. Mm-hmm. What kind of spaces would you need me to confess to you directly, mm-hmm. right? So um, then, then I can know that I've confessed f- in in a way that will be freeing, right? Because I know that she needs to know, yeah, right, right. I know what she needs to know. So then I'm not just going to confess to this other person mm-hmm. um, and still wonder. Yeah. Ooh, am I, I, am I, is, it enough? Yeah, is this real? Yeah. Am I really free now yeah. or do I need to do more? Right. Like just have those conversations. Yep. Set up the boundaries that you need. Exactly. And go from there. Yeah. And in, mm-hmm. in all the things, right. Mm-hmm. In all the things. And, and uh, I think that that, I think that that helps to bring us freedom. Yeah. I, I want you to know that living forgiven and living free uh, it, because of confession is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it's freedom. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Like light. And that's why God tells us to do it. Like he doesn't tell us to confess to one another. Like in the book of James, it say confess to another. So you feel shameful and you feel icky and you feel disgusting. Yeah. No, you do it. So there's healing. The healing follows that all the, every time yeah. when it's with a safe person. Um, and that's what God wants you to experience. And again, bringing it back to like, you know, these leaders that we've seen fallen, I think um, I wish that there was better, the better policies, the better accountability, the better spaces for confession. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there wouldn't be victims. There wouldn't be people who are betrayed. There wouldn't be families that are broken. There wouldn't be people who walked away um, from God altogether and the church altogether. Um, and that's sad. And we lament that and we grieve that. Um, and then we um, dust the dirt off and we find better places of confession, confession and accountability and all the things to, to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. It's a perfect way to end it, I think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We know this was a big one. So we want to keep the conversation going. So make sure that you're following us on Instagram, but there must be more podcasts because we're going to post a recap of this and we want to see you in the comments and discuss um, and share it with a friend. Give us a thumbs up and a like um, comment on the video, of course. Um, And just remember when we're talking about these things that um, there's a lot of emotions and there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of people who have maybe been hurt in the past because of a church leader or somebody who has failed them or failed in a certain way. So we want to be kind with our words and we want to be loving. Um, And so we love you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to There Must Be More Podcast, a production of Bethel, Ottawa. You can catch us on YouTube where we would love it if you liked and subscribed. You can also catch us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.